give me one shot here on a blue chip stock, believe me, Kevin, the only problem you're going to have is that you didn't buy more. Nobody knows if the stock is going to go up, down, sideways, or in circles. What's going on, NBA draft fans? Your boys are back. The Wolves of Ball Street, your favorite draft analyst, favorite draft analyst, the Draft Act. NBA Draft Podcast. My name is Corey Tulda, and I am here, as always, with my co-host, Albert. Garbage time, Gim. Albert, what's cracking, dude? What is going on, everybody? It feels like, I don't know, after the mad dash of the draft and us doing content like pretty much every day, it feels like we've really slowed down. Um, but it's nice. I think we needed a little bit of a break. And uh, here we go. Corey and I are going to be seeing each other in vegas this week which is insane but uh i'm ready to go last pod before summer league i'm excited yeah we we slowed down but we still made sure we put out pods every week Uh, and the content is going to be coming pretty pretty rapid fire next week as you mentioned we will be at summer league but not just you and i uh tyler rucker nathan grubel nick agar johnson um I think that's, is that the whole crew? It's the whole crew, right? So we're going to be filming a ton of summer league content. We'll be scouting the games in person. We're going to be doing live podcasts, reactions, uh, just a whole bunch of really fun stuff that we'll be bringing with you. So the content is about to fire up. And today uh, we are going to preview the NBA summer league. And we're going to talk a little bit about the NBA uh, trades and free agency, free tradency, as I like to call it, because I mean, really impactful. And it actually impacted, you know, even some of the the rookies from the last class uh, and that are no longer where they were initially drafted. So um, let's start out with the Rudy Gobert trade. We'll, We'll start out NBA and we'll start with the Rudy Gobert trade because this trade seems to... This might... Is this trade the breaking point for how many picks teams are going to be willing to give up in the future. I, I mean, just an mm-hmm. unbelievable, unbelievable haul that the jazz got for him, uh, I- including, you know, some good players and, and Walker Kessler. And now the Timberwolves are, are all in. So um, do you think this trade has the potential to make teams kind of rethink what they're willing to give up as far as unprotected picks go? I don't know, Corey, I, this feels like, I don't know. I really don't know. I, I think my answer to this is it feels like um, if you, you've got a group of friends, um, one of your friends is like really into, let's say, a pair of sneakers that maybe we're not all a big fan of the, this pair of sneakers, but he decided to pay a lot um, for said pair of sneakers. And uh, if you, you were to ask us, hey, would you do the same? The answer would probably be, I don't think so. Um, so I don't know. I, I think my answer to you, is, I mean, what, I don't what, know what, what sneakers yeah. are we talking here? Like, are we, I don't are know, we talking like, like grails or are we no, talking def- just like... definitely not grails. <laughs> if we're talking about Rudy Gobert here, um, I think we're talking about like Stan Smith or something. I don't know. Um, I, I just, I just don't think NBA teams are going to look at this trade and be like, Hey, let me do the same thing. Um, they paid a lot, Corey. Like a yeah. lot for a 30-year-old center who uh, is not the most offensively gifted center. Obviously, defensively, he offers you a lot. But 
I don't if I okay, plain and simple, Corey. If you and I were NBA GMs, would we do the same? I think my I think our answer would you know would both be no, is what I think. So, no, I yeah. we, I I think it was a a huge overpay. I think even anybody yeah. who would be in on the trade would have to say right. that it was an overpay, right? And there are I think legitimate reasons to trade for Rudy Gobert. I was a proponent of the Bulls potentially trading for yeah. Rudy Gobert. And the yeah. big contention for Chicago fans was, are we going to include Patrick Williams in this deal? Like obviously Vucevic's salary, moving him out, Patrick Williams, and then, you know, whatever the Bulls already traded out some of the picks in the Vucevic trade. They do have Portland's pick potentially next year, lottery protected. So they have some draft capital to move around. But it was like, are we going to give up one pick and a pick swap plus Patrick Williams? That was where the split happens. Like Patrick Williams is in the deal. Maybe we give a couple of picks, if not. And Patrick Williams is, you know, far from a a sure thing as far as like an impact guy at the NBA level. He's he had a a, a nice rookie year. He got hurt. um, Thanks, Mitchell Robinson, early in his sophomore season and came back and, you know, looked pretty similar to how he did as a rookie. So this is a big year, but that was kind of where it was like, this is what we think Rudy Gobert's value might be. And that's what I kind of thought teams would be big against. And to get what is the equivalent of 2023, 2025, 2027 picks unprotected top five protected 2029. I mean, Walker Kessler uh, plus the, the contracts that are going that way. What a haul. And I, I, where do you think Minnesota is now going to stack up in that West? I have Phoenix no idea. will still be there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dallas took a hit. Right. Which we'll, we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, Memphis. I, I mean, <laughs> they're, they're still going to be there. They're probably going to get better. Jaron Jackson might, you know, miss some, some time early on, yeah. but that team's depth is unbelievable. Golden State's still there. New Orleans. Denver is mm-hmm. going to be healthier this year than last year. They're going to be there. New Orleans, potentially with Zion back. I mean, are the Timberwolves even a top four lock? They might be. I don't know. They might be. Because Rudy Gobert's defense is that good. Anthony Edwards might make a leap. Um, I think people almost underrate D'Angelo Russell now. Uh, I, I think he's a fine basketball player. Um, just overpaid. Mm. You know, Jaden McDaniels good young player mm-hmm. uh, they they have pieces you know on this roster um so i don't know I, I mean top three like where where can you pencil them in i don't know i feel like top six is fine um yeah i i wouldn't be i don't think this is just me personally i don't think i'd be able to say like hey top four lock um i'd feel way more comfortable being like a top hey they're a top six team um, also, like, I don't know, people might come for me for this, but like, I feel like the Kings are going to be competitive this year. Justin, I do too. Um, yeah, I really <laughs> think they're going to be competitive. And, and it's not like me overreacting to what the Clippers doing right now. <laughs> the, the Clippers, they could be a title I, favorite potentially. I love the Clippers roster, actually. And they added John Wall, who hasn't played in a couple of years. But I mean, yeah, the, man. Portland's going to have Dame back. Exactly. Well, they yeah. got Jeremy Grant. Like, I think they'll be right. competitive. I don't know if yeah. they're a lot. I don't think they're a lot for the playoffs. And then, we didn't mention the Lakers, Davis. right? Yeah. LeBron and Anthony Davis have to at least be in the conversation. Not, yeah. I, I'm not high on the Lakers. I don't think they're going to do make Same. noise or anything. 
uh, because I'm not a, I was not a big fan of their free agent signings. <laughs> but I mean, part of me thinks that everyone's freaking out because all the draft capital, which is yeah. insane. And if it doesn't work out, it could look like, you know, a, a truly like Hall of Fame worthy heist. Yeah. But a piece of me thinks maybe too that there's a little bit of overthinking going on, sort of like when the Bulls signed DeRozan last year and everyone's like, DeRozan's washed. This isn't going to work. Yeah. And until Caruso and Lonzo got hurt, the Bulls were really good and the pieces fit better than you thought. Chris Finch is an awesome coach. Rudy Gobert is a Hall of Fame type of, you know, defensive anchor. Carl Mm -hmm. Anthony Towns is a all NBA caliber player. Anthony Edwards is probably going to be an all-star next year. I don't, they could be the number one team in the West. They could be the sixth team in the West. The variance there is going to be unbelievable. Part of me is higher on them this year being a really, really, really good team. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you said, the size is there. Some of the pedigree is there. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns is uh, an extremely gifted offensive player, obviously, and having a defensive anchor in Gobert there. And for all of D'Angelo Russell's faults, um, he's still a good offensive player who can go get you a bucket, who is a very gifted passer when he's inclined to. uh, Where he struggles defensively, of course, now he's got uh, this monster backing him up. So that's great. Um, I'm with you, man. But at the same time, Corey, we also rattled off a ton of Western Conference teams that we think are going to be just as good or better. So mm-hmm. it's hard. It's really difficult to be able to say, like, hey, they're top four. Like, as I mentioned, like, I've mentioned the Clippers a lot on this pod before, too. And that's a team that I really, really like. And I think they're going to be pretty damn good next year if they're healthy, especially Kawhi and Paul George. Uh, the Nuggets getting their studs back, right? Hopefully, in uh, Michael Porter and Jamal Murray. So, there's a lot going on. And in my opinion, I thought the Warriors got better too. And I think the Warriors will be better because we're going to get uh, Clay that much farther from his injuries. They added DiVincenzo. Uh, they have their rookies in year two and three um, mm. uh, with, uh, with you know the class before that with Wiseman as well. So, um, And also the Grizzlies made a nice run in the playoffs and they should be looking better. And they had a really strong draft. So, um, yeah, I'm with you, man. I, I don't know. I really don't know, but clearly uh, Gobert is a good player to add to your team. He absolutely is. And that trade set the market for the Kevin Durant. Yeah. Sweepstakes. Yeah. <laughs> Which is probably why I went silent, Corey. <laughs> I mean, he set the, this trade sets the market because if Rudy's going to fetch six first round picks, uh, yeah. then Kevin Durant should fetch 10. 15, <laughs> you know, 20, or like. I mean, the Durant thing is not shocking. The Brooklyn thing has been a disaster. Uh, Nobody, I think, could completely be, like, taken aback by this. Um, Kyrie opted in. He he did the brave thing, you know, opting into $40 million in in the world's greatest city. So, you know, kudos to him for, for being so brave. But courage. if I'm the Nets, and I tweeted this, just say no. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin yeah. Durant's locked up for four years. And I know like you don't want to have a contentious working relationship with your star player in the front office or in ownership, whatever. Just be like, no, I don't think we're going to trade you. You're Kevin Durant. 
you sign an extension here. We're going right. to rebuild and re retool around you. Uh, Kyrie's not going to be a part of it. We'll get what we can for him and we will figure it out because you chose this and we still think that you could be the centerpiece to a championship. I think that would be the move. If they are going to trade him, there's so few packages that could live up to what he's worth and place him where he wants to go. Where do you think is the most realistic place he ends up? And what kind of package do you think will ultimately be got by Brooklyn? Isn't the most real, I don't know. I mean, I'm thinking out loud here. Isn't the most realistic one probably the Suns? Um, I don't know. You got you work like a three-teamer, four-teamer, uh, just to get assets back for the Nets. Um, you send Aiton to the Pacers, then you move a bunch of stuff around to get Brooklyn happy enough with a haul. But I just I just don't know. Like, well, like what, we just mentioned. What do you bring back for Brooklyn? No, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, because of the Gobert trade, it's I, I just don't know what you can do that makes sense. Like, what would the Pacers and um the Suns be able to give up that'll make Brooklyn happy enough? Um also, Corey, something to mention as you you said that you know he's got four years left on his contract. He's like what 34 now? So he's 33. Four. He'll be 30, he'll be 34. 34. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because uh, I remember he was two years older than me. So I, he'll be, what, 38 by the end of his next contract? But although yeah. he is aging pretty nicely, like he's got the physique and the athleticism for that. But it's a tough situation. It's a tough situation. And I think it. I might be wrong, but this may last for a while. You might. I'm sorry. What? I, I, I might be wrong, but I feel like this whole saga might last for a little bit. No, I think you're right. It, it will last for a while. Um, For me, I, I just... I love Mikael Bridges. I've loved Mikael Bridges uh, since he was at Villanova. Right. I, I wanted the Bulls to draft him coming out. I was really big on DeAndre Ayton, not DeAndre Ayton over Luka Doncic big, but you know, I, I like DeAndre Ayton a lot um, in that draft. I think he was my number two guy, but it just doesn't excite me giving that yeah. up for Kevin Durant, especially I don't know what the draft capital is after that. Mm -hmm. I, the only package, if I'm Brooklyn, that I think is realistic, that I think I'll take, is the Toronto Raptors package. And it starts with Scotty Barnes. It ends with Scotty Barnes. I'm not doing the OG Ananobi, you know, uh, Gary Trent picks package. If I'm trading Kevin Durant, mm -hmm. I am getting Scotty Barnes. Point blank hang up the phone otherwise the conversation doesn't move past scotty barnes scotty barnes is great of greater value i think than some of these future draft picks if i'm toronto yeah i love scotty barnes scotty barnes looks like a future superstar right i'm trading scotty barnes for kevin durant locked mm -hmm. up on four years and placing that with pascal siakam og ananobi fred van vliet and the edges doesn't Siakam have to be in that deal though, because the money? No, I think you can you can get there with Scotty Barnes, like Boucher. Um, there's some like other guys that have like the contracts that you can finagle it. I played with the, the trade machine. Okay, okay. Uh, I, I Siakam, uh, I'm pretty sure you could stay. At least the trade machine told me I can. Okay. Um, but I think that Masai is the kind of guy that would do it. Like Masai risked it all yeah. for Kawhi. 
we didn't risk it all. Obviously, he still had a ton of really great pieces surrounding him. But like he went all in on the Kawhi trade, knowing that Kawhi was going to be there for one year. Mm-hmm. And it worked out for them, right? Yeah. Partly because of the injuries, but like it worked out. I'm doing it again. Mm. Because we could talk about Kevin Durant being 34, but he also averaged 30 points a game last year. Yeah. On uber efficiency. Had the like the best playmaking um, season of his career. Right. Still averaged a steal and a block. Got to the free throw line more than he ever has. Played a ton of minutes. And you have him for four years to build around the rest of the team. I'm doing that deal. Four years of legit championship contention with guys that fit the timeline perfectly. Van Vliet mm-hmm. is a, a championship caliber player. Yeah. OG, Siakam, mm-hmm. whoever else you have, like those guys are championship caliber guys that you're surrounding yeah. Kevin Durant with. They play defense. They could shoot. They can. They play a brand of basketball that you weren't getting in Brooklyn. Yeah. But I'm not doing any of these other deals where I'm getting garbage back because if i'm brooklyn i'm just not trading him if i'm getting like eh mikhail bridges is the one piece i get Aiton went somewhere else i i don't mean if he goes to indiana who comes back <laughs> brooklyn's way to make make yeah. that work i don't know yeah i this went kind of under the radar Corey, but i and i know he's not like some he's not going to change the game or anything but toronto also picked up Otto porter jr out of nowhere yeah. um and he just won a title with the Warriors. So you put him next to OG and those guys. And, you know, he's giving you a couple minutes off the bench every night. He still offers defense and shooting. Um, that's fun. It's fun. But, I, it, yeah, I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that'll happen. We'll see. What do you think? Uh, of, it's going to be interesting. There's, It's going to drag on. There's no yeah. – you can't rush this thing. Yeah. Um, maybe we're wrong and it happens, you know, as we're recording this or – next week or while we're at summer league you know who knows maybe teams get together you know while they're at summer league hammer it out in person but i think it's going to drag on because he's an all-time great player like this is a top 10 player of all time that you don't have to trade right it's you know it's it's this thing of like player empowerment but to what extent does that power reach when you you're on the books what did you think of the, uh, on a lesser scale, the uh, Sacramento-Atlanta-Kevin Herter trade? So that's so funny. I actually had that trade in my notes, and I wanted to ask you because considering the trade that they made for DeJounte Murray, um, I thought Herter might have been like a really good guy to have, you know, there in their lineup yeah. because of his shooting. Um, but at the same time, Corey, I also don't mind the haul that they got back because I've always loved Just- Justin Holiday and Mo Harkless. You got two long wings who are going to offer you a lot defensively, especially Harkless. Uh, but Harkless has just never figured it out with like the shooting and stuff. Yeah. But um, I, I just, I don't know, like if you could afford it, I would have liked if they kept Herter just because Murray's not like the strongest shooter. I mean, I'm not saying that he can't play off ball. I think he can, I think he moves well off the ball and I think he's definitely developed as a shooter, but having a guy like Herter at six, seven displaced the floor with your two ball dominant guards, I thought would have made sense, but Maybe it was a money thing. I don't know. Obviously, I'm not in the Atlanta Hawks front office. Well, but, I mean, yeah. the Kings think it makes sense to oh, have him exactly. facing the floor for their two ball dominant cards. <laughs> uh, are the Kings uh, just geniuses now, or what's going on? The Kings front office has been making good moves. Yeah. They've been making solid moves, um, especially you know if that first round pick ends up out of the lottery. I mean, Kevin Herter is a good player. You mm-hmm. know, like 
with size who could he could pass he could shoot keeps the ball moving right i mean the closing lineup of you know sabonis herder keegan davion De'Aaron fox i mean who am i missing there uh right? harrison that, barnes harrison, harrison barnes maybe. still maybe he's in the keegan spot early yeah. on right right maybe they move on from him uh mm-hmm. gets get some stuff to fits the time i don't but with sabonis and, and fox you probably want to keep harrison barnes there for it at least especially if you're trying to make a run but they have depth now they have lineup versatility right they have switchable defenders they're an interesting team i mean that west the west is so low i feel like last year it felt like the west had like that a real down year yeah off year yeah and now i'm looking at at all the teams and i'm like wow really good again mm-hmm. <laughs> really strong down to like you know obviously okc houston yeah, San Antonio. They're now, you know, in tank mode. The aforementioned yeah. Dejounte Murray trade. What'd you think of that trade? Um, this is just me. This is this is just me. I I, I thought they could have gotten more. Um, really, somewhere else. I don't know. Like I, it, once again, it's just me. Um, I was wondering, like, is there a world where they could have got more? Just because, like, I, I maybe. Also, it could just be me overrating Murray too. I just like, just like twenty-five-year-old guards like him. But at the same time, he didn't play on a great team last year. Maybe those numbers were a little bit inflated. I don't know. Um, But I'm happy for the Hawks. I like that trade for the Hawks. I think that's a good deal for them. Um, At the same time, I'm not going to say I'm not going to guarantee that they're like a top-four lock in the East anymore either. Um, I do still wonder what's going on with John Collins. Um, we've heard for like three years now that they don't get along or whatever. And he's just kind of like awkwardly still there constantly. And then he plays and he does good things and then he doesn't play. And like, it feels like they're kind of all over the place with him. Wondering, wondering what's going on with that. But I, I, I don't, I don't mind the trade and also look at the Spurs now. And they just had a really fun draft. And I think they're going to have a really fun young team. Now fun doesn't always mean successful and winning basketball, but fun. Nor do they want that. Exactly. Well, there's a prize at the end of that, hopefully, right? So, um, I don't know. I I, I really like Dejounte Murray a lot. Like I've mm-hmm. I liked him coming out. He's one of those Seattle guys that he yeah. just plays that Seattle pickup, like West Coast style. That is just really fun. He made tremendous strides. He's young, but you know, he's a a fringe All Star, and yeah. he netted a 2023 first. Mm-hmm. 2025 2027 mm-hmm. I mean that's a it's a lot of picks I to just mm-hmm. be giving DeJounte Murray when to me like do I think he can play off ball I think when you go to San Antonio you learn how to yeah. play in a, a system that preaches like ball movement and and that free-flowing you know not just stand around type game but I also don't think Atlanta plays that way and I also don't think if they're not playing that way, some of what you theoretically believe he can do mm-hmm. is the best utilization of somebody you put that much capital into. And the thing is, is if there's buy-in from everyone, yeah, sure, it could work. I am mm-hmm. not sure there's buy-in from Trey. I just, he's used to playing with the ball in his hands. 
it makes a ton of sense to not have him play with the ball in his hands as much because he is a good shooter and he would be so devastating in that Steph role, but he's never played like Steph. So I don't know why it's just like, well, maybe he'll start now. It's not like, I I mean, I've always heard rumblings that he's hard to play with. Yeah. Behind the scenes, Mm -hmm. John Collins, it's not even rumblings. It's shouting into the void that, you know, like that he doesn't love playing with him. Right. Maybe that's maybe we're that's nonsense. Maybe he really does like it, but I don't know. Does where there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah. I just Dejounte is also better with the ball in his hands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, how much time are they splitting? What is the percentage of time they're not sharing the court that you can get Dejounte the amount of touches that he needs to actually run the offense some of the time? Yeah. Because of what they gave up, because I don't think it's a guarantee that it works out. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think the, I think t- you know trading Herder, the spacing could take a hit. Yeah, Bogdanovich has hurt a lot. Exactly. Uh, Hunter is a good shooter, but I wouldn't classify him as a dead eye sniper. Yeah, before. sniper. Yeah, he's in and out of the lineup. I mean, Capella's not a shooter. Akungu is not a shooter. I don't know. It's I. There's a world where it very much so does not work. work And I get it. Put more defense around him. You want to put Trey off ball a little bit. He just has to buy in. And I just don't know if he will. Maybe he will. And it'll work out perfectly. I just, I'm a little skeptical. I don't know if Mm -hmm. I'm wrong to feel that way. No, no, not at all. Corey. Not at all. No, like, look, I get it. The skepticism is real. And Corey, I think what you're talking about is your skepticism comes from the track record and what we've seen so far, which I think is fair, right? I think history at times, many times, should dictate how we feel about how things are going to turn out because a lot of times history repeats itself. Um, In this case, I think we're still at a point where um, Trey is young enough, where there is still some potential, where he may wake up, you know, Corey, maybe this summer, like he's got people in his ear and like his dad, obviously big fan of his game, big supporter, you know, maybe his dad sits it down and says, son, you know, maybe we try something different this season. You've got a bona fide, uh, good player in the league. He's a, fr- as you mentioned, a fringe all-star, a guy who played really well in, Sa- in San Antonio. And, you know, he's going to offer you some help. And then maybe he goes, you know what, dad, maybe you're right. And he has a change of heart. Who knows? But um, I think you're right, Corey. I think all, all of this definitely hinges on, how Trey reacts to the changes. Um, and I, I think it's funny you brought up the Bogdanovich thing because uh, what's Bogdanovich's thing been? You know, he's a good shooter, but also he could do stuff with the ball in his hands a little bit as well. So uh, it is going to be interesting to see how all of that turns out. And also, like, even Hunter, bro. Like, I've always been really high on Hunter, and I've always mm-hmm. kind of thought that, like, eventually he could do stuff with the ball in his hands as well. So um, it's interesting um, I think, as you said, Corey, I definitely agree with there is definitely a world where it does not work out. And it I won't say it's going to crash and burn, but it may never lead to any titles or any like great success either. That's a real possibility. But at the same time, if it does work out and Trey does decide to, as you mentioned, play a little bit more like Steph, learn to play off ball a little bit more, run off screens, blah, blah, blah. Then this could be a really interesting experiment because of the juice that DeJounte Murray has with the ball in his hands. It could it could work out and they could, could be back in the top four, but I could also see them being in the playing right spot. Right. Yeah. And 
I mean, I hope Bogdanovich stays healthy. I love Same. Bogdanovich's game. Same. Same. Love it. Like that dude is a badass. Mm-hmm. He's he's like he doesn't fold under pressure. He hits tough shots. Like he can play love no his fear. Game. Yeah. No fear. But he's got to stay healthy. And he's yeah. he's older than you think. Right. He's older than you think. He came over later, so. Um can't believe still can't believe the Kings just gave him away. Just yeah. Him away. Weird. Old Kings. Old Kings. <laughs> Old King. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um what did you uh what did you think of some of these uh free agent signings? Okay, so I had some thoughts. Um, obviously, recently, more recently, people are talking about what the Celtics did. Um, this is just my opinion, Corey, but mm-hmm. all the excitement around the Celtics picks, like I get it, but I also am very worried for them because a lot of t- a lot of times these teams, when they're one step away, right? They get that close to winning a title. They're two wins away from winning a title. And they go into the offseason. They're like, we're going to ramp up. Uh, the theoretic effect of Malcolm Brogdon and Danilo Gallinari versus what they actually will offer might be two very different things. And we all know why, right? Uh, Mr. Mr. Brogdon, <laughs> uh, Malcolm Brogdon has always, always had trouble with his health. Danilo Gallinari is another player who earlier on in his career, in the middle of his career, struggled with a lot of health issues, and he's clearly lost a step. Gallinari's been in the league a very long time now, right? I think there's a world where these two additions that Celtic fans are very excited about, and they should, I understand. Like, uh, adding Brogdon to what you already have is a fantastic idea. I think the idea is great, but the reality of those two moves may not bear as much fruit as Celtic fans think they will. Is what I've been thinking. Um, obviously, the Bulls picking up Dragic, I think that's a really savvy, smart move. Um, having Dragic come in with Dale and Terry uh, as kind of backups to you know Lonzo and his health history and Caruso as well, I think is interesting. I have more, but let me stop there and give you a chance to kind of talk about those. Yeah, I mean, the Bulls are you know pretty easy. Like I, I actually really like the Dragic trade. Uh, yeah. One of my friends, he texted me like, your dream 10 years later. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, pretty much, but better late than never. <laughs> yeah. I like it. It's good depth. He he offers something different from that spot that the Bulls have. Right. Uh, and I think just from a playmaking perspective, I'm in. Uh, with Terry, I also think he's going to play a lot of wing. Oh, yeah. So he's. Yeah. I, I think he could find minutes, even though there's a lot of jam. The Drummond signing, I actually liked. But a, a lot of Bulls fans were like, because Gallinari seemed to be between the Bulls and the Celtics. That was mm-hmm, kind mm-hmm. of the rumor. And I was like, ah, like I'm in on Gallo. The Bulls need guys like his size. But I'm like, they need defense yeah. from that spot. And Gallo's not going to offer that because he no, he's he's you know, he's old man game, right? Yeah. Like he's just not going to be able to the the amount that you have to move in the new NBA and and rotate and you know, like close out and X out and pre switch. And like, there's mm-hmm. so much movement defensively that it hurts a guy like Gallo. Right. He's still going to be a great offensive weapon. I think for the Celtics, I think the, the spacing, the shot making that he brings, you know, he could have his moments, but there's going to be times he's not going to be able to play in the playoff. Cause teams will try to pick on him. Exactly. Brogdon. I actually, I mean, obviously it all goes back to his health. He's a great, he's a really good player. Right. And as a bench player, he's probably, you know, you can't really get much better. You yeah. can't get much better than him as a right. bench player. 
He's a sniper, 50, 40, 90 type shooter, smart player, long, strong, switch up and down. I mean, you, him, Derek White, um, yeah. coming in off the bench. I, I mean, it's exciting, really, really good stuff. The Celtics are, I, I think they should be better. I think they should be better because those minutes, you know, I like Peyton Pritchard. You've always been a big Pritchard guy, but Brogdon's just yeah. a better NBA player. You yes. know, even even if Pritchard has his moments, um, but I do think that Gallinari. I don't know how. It's an upgrade to me, probably over Grant Williams. I'm not a Grant Williams guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he Neesmith. definitely he should. Yeah, Me Smith, who's not really getting time, right? Yeah. But there are going to be times where you just can't rely on him. And I mean, Jalen and and Jason Tatum are going to be playing 40 minutes in the playoffs. So I don't know how many minutes you need Gallo to go out there for but uh yeah he's old <laughs> he's an old guy and, and we've seen year but we've seen year after year that it's like when the buyout market hits and you're like oh man who's going to these buyout teams and it's like some old guy who used to be good and then it never matters this is like you know this could i think gallinari could be the free agent version of that where it's yeah. just like all right it was cool in theory but yeah. he's just maybe on the wrong side um, but as far as like some of the actual signings outside of Gallinari, uh, Jalen Brunson, let's, I mean, let's, yeah. let's get after it. We waited where are you, enough. where are you at with the, the Jalen Brunson trade? You're a Knicks uh, fan. Yeah. Uh, with the Jalen Brunson, um, signing rather. Well, um, we finally got our point guard after years of Jose Calderon and, Torrey Murray. <laughs> I really, I really had to dig deep into my memory to be like, yeah, Torrey Murray was a, a guy that Nick fans were kind of excited about at one time. <laughs> um, but it, it's, it's rough. It's rough. But I, what I mean by rough is that it's been a rough time as a Nick fan. You know, we haven't had a point, a legit point guard in some time. Raymond Felton. I actually enjoyed Raymond Felton a lot, although people may give me crap about it. Um, <laughs> You know, going back to Charlie Ward and Chris Childs and Moochie Norris. We have a long lineage, Howard Isley, of guys who are just meh, you know? And here we get Jalen Brunson, a guy who I like a lot. And if anything, his contract came in lower than what people were expecting. Four mm. year, one, four years, 104. People were saying, like, are they going to give him 110? Are they going to give him 120? And four years, 104. I'm okay with it. I feel good about it. I feel happy about it. I'm not freaking out. Um, and I'm excited. What's like that's average annual value of like 26 million a year. Um, and I get it. And you know, I'm sure you've seen the tweets, Tori, uh, people saying like, I, I just called you Tori. I'm so, I, it's all right. I was gonna, I was going to bypass it. Just. <laughs> I got, I got Tori Murray stuck in my head, but, um, <laughs> but you know, he's going to be like, what the 14th highest paid point guard. And I, I'm fine with that. And he's going to be a really good player. And our team, ultimately gets better. And I, I was listening to uh, Simmons and Rosillo talk about this over the weekend. And I think there's a real thing where I feel like this Knicks front office really believes that Jalen, I mean, wow, I said Jalen, Julius Randle is going to come back next season and he's going to be better. Uh, I don't know if he gets back to second team all NBA, but I think he's going to have a bounce back uh, or sorry. They, I think they think that he's going to have a bounce back season. And you pair that with RJ and all the young talent that we have and Fournier, right. Playing better in year two as a Nick. And for me personally, as a Nick fan, I know a lot of people hate Fournier for his warts on defense, but also Fournier offers us a lot. I mean, he just broke the record for most threes in a season by Nick this season. I think he offers us a lot of space 
missing. And I think he's an underrated passer, yada, yada, yada. So uh, overall, I don't hate the move at all. I, I don't think there's any reason to hate the move after all the details have come out. Um, I think he's automatically he automatically makes the team better. We have a higher floor now because we have Jalen Brunson as our point guard. And as Nick and Nick fans have to remember, for all the young guys that you guys are riding for and that you love, I think all the young guys are going to be better next year too. And that makes the team better. So I feel okay. I feel pretty good. Tough scene for the Emmanuel quickly is a point guard crowd. Yeah, which I've never been a part of. I'm with you, Corey. I never <laughs> believe that. Uh, I actually love the signing. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, and yeah. they needed to they land the plane after they opened up the space for him. Otherwise, you know, could have looked a little little funky. But what do I say? I like winners. <laughs> I like guys who affect winning, even if it doesn't look sexy on paper all the time. And this is a guy who won championships in college. He was just the starting point guard on a Western Conference finals team. Like this is a guy who could play in big moments, has been there, understands it, has a good mind. It has a good skill set. You know, he doesn't necessarily fit that prototypical, like big point guard with size that you want, but yeah. he's managed to with IQ and craft and feel like he doesn't necessarily need that size. Right. I think that he is a guy that's going to help piece together a lot of interesting lineups for the Knicks. Like I'm really looking forward to like the Jalen Brunson Grimes, RJ. Yeah. Like, and then, you know, either Julius or Obi and Mitch and Hartenstein, like bouncing back in the front court. And that was a really yeah. savvy signing too. Yes. You know, like, so I mean, I just, and also potential all lefty lineup at some point with, with a few moves, which mm-hmm. would be really funky, but I, I don't know. Jalen Brunson, he could shoot, he could pass, he can get in to the paint, um, you know, make the defense move. He's got a good floater. He's got good touch. I, and it's not a ton of money. Like right. when you look at what he's making, would you say it was like 26 million yeah, annual 26? Yeah. I know it sounds like a lot, but it's, you have to look at the percentage of the cap. You can't exactly. look at the per year number. Like some guys in the NBA are going to make $50 million a year. This is what, when the league does well, the salary cap goes up, max salaries go up. Jalen Brunson, that contract is not going to look terrible. It's not like Jalen Brunson is 30 and he's small, right? Like his trajectory is pointing up. I think that he's a guy who can handle the pressure. He understands he's played at the garden plenty, you know, big East kid. He knows what the pressure of New York is. He's the exact kind of point guard that would thrive under Tibbs. Like this is a guy who like got the best out of, DJ Augustine and Nate Robinson and John Lucas the mm-hmm. third as these short buckety guards who could kind of play make a little bit, but like Jalen Brunson is like the ultimate version of that. Right. You know, like, so I, I really like it. I think he's going to help the Knicks be competitive next year. Um, and conversely, I look at the back end of the East and it's like, who knows? Brooklyn could be out completely. Like if yeah. they trade Durant, even though they're going to try to stay competitive, right. They, because there's no point in them tanking. So they're going to mm-hmm. try to get competitive pieces, but they could be out of the playoff picture. Atlanta, they could be, we just talked about them. Who knows? They could be in the, the play in, or they could be, you know, top six. Wouldn't be shocked either way. Cleveland, you'd expect mm-hmm. them to be a little bit better. Make that, right. that leap. Rubio's coming back. Charlotte, probably going to be worse. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I have no reason to believe that Washington or Indiana, Detroit, or Orlando are going to be much better. You know, mm. even though they got great pieces to build upon, like not for next year. So like New York has a very viable path to the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. Like, I think they should be uh, a play in, uh, like at the very least, they should be one of the play-in teams. And I think that Brunson's the type of guy who maybe doesn't get the headlines like a Trey would, but I think he's going to have a tremendous impact on the Knicks and, and winning. And it's not like the Knicks were terrible last year. Right. They had a down year. They still won 37 games. Yeah. You know, the young guys should get better. I think they should be in roles that better fit. Derek Rose is probably going to be healthy. And now you have him coming, you know, back as a, your, your backup point guard. He was very impactful when he was healthy for the next person. I think it's going to be pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Really quickly, Corey. Like I, I, I love what you threw in at the end of Derek Rose, because I know Nick fans really want quickly to have like all these reps with the ball in his hands, but we have to remember that quickly played really well next to Derek Rose. Uh, in that first season. And I think Derek Rose being out for most of last season had an effect on Quickly's play as well, um, although people may not want to admit it. And so getting Rose back, hopefully healthy, to play with uh, Quickly in that second unit, I think is a lot of fun with Grimes, as you mentioned. Hopefully McBride gets minutes this year. He gets better. Uh, Sims showed a lot in his rookie season. There's a lot to like. There's a lot to like with this team. And as you mentioned, Corey, like I think I, the Hartenstein pick pickup was awesome. I, mm-hmm. I like him a lot. He's a really good passer of the ball. Uh, I don't think um, we should trust that he's going to be some floor stretcher. Like he's, I, I know he hit some threes last year, but I don't think that's really his game. Um, but he's going to be a really val- valuable um, option off the bench. And I think he's a great replacement for Nerlens Noel, who barely played last season because of injury. So mm-hmm. I, I like the team, man. I think there's a lot to when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Like. Were there any other uh, free agent deals that you were really into? Yeah, so I wanted to bring this up because you mentioned it in passing, but I wanted to talk about it. Um, there are two things. So the first thing that you didn't mention that I want to talk about was I like I really love what happened with the Warriors. I mm-hmm. thought they brought back Looney on a really great contract, like a very fair, really team-friendly contract, right? Mm-hmm. I get losing Gary Payton sucks, but bringing in DiVincenzo – as a replacement, I thought was phenomenal business. And they got him at a really team-friendly contract as well. I love, love DiVincenzo, man. I freaking love DiVincenzo in college. Like, I, I, this is just me, but I really thought he was going to be, like, amazing in the NBA. And obviously, like, I, I was off by a lot. But I still believe in DiVincenzo. I still like the stuff that he can do with the ball in his hands. Obviously, defensively, he's going to offer a lot. And so swapping out Gary Payton, Gary Payton for Dante, I thought was a really savvy move by the Warriors, and they deserve even more flowers after the draft that they just had. And the one that I really wanted to hear you talk about was the Lakers one, because like of the group that they brought in, um, the only one that I was like, oh, was Troy Brown, and that's because I've always loved Troy Brown Jr., but obviously I don't think Troy Brown Jr. is going to push them into being uh, title contenders. But they had a really interesting 
uh, free agency run, and they brought in a lot of players that I'm just kind of scratching my head about. So would love to hear you talk about it. <laughs> well, I love DiVincenzo. I love that signing. I love what I think he brings a completely different element than Gary Payton while yeah. still bringing similar things to Payton. Right. Exactly. Because I think that DiVincenzo is a pretty feisty defender. He's not the same level defender as Gary Payton, but he's feisty. Another winning player, right? That that has been there. He's yeah. going to a, a championship culture. I think that he could shoot it. I feel much more confident in him knocking down, taking and knocking down open shots than I did with Gary Payton, even though Gary Payton, you know, hit some shots in, in the playoffs yeah. and, and the finals. Um, but I think that for two years, nine million. So I almost cheap. think it's a good steal. Yeah. <laughs> I think DiVincenzo is going to look really good there. And then you add that, you mentioned earlier, like all the other young guys that they have uh, with another year of experience. It could be interesting. Uh, I hated the Lakers signed. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. Troy Brown sucked with the Bulls. <laughs> like he just, inc- just no impact at all. Just yeah. none. Like on either end, it was like, he was com- in- completely invisible and he looks like everything you want. I he know. had that. I think he was, the the wizards the bubble yeah. the bubble like run he had was really impressive yeah. we've obviously learned we have to take that with a grain of salt <laughs> mm-hmm. um lonnie walker's a guy i like like yeah. i still i still believe that you know uh, in the right situation he could find a niche a role the lakers are not it exactly um just anderson uh, he's fine. Exactly. Exactly. Damian Lee's fine. Mm. I. It's just I. They're a train wreck. And ultimately, I don't know. It. It seems like the NBA just always finds a way. Like Kyrie will make his way there for Westbrook, and Oof. it will be like. I mean, maybe it implodes, but it probably won't. It just. It, I don't think it'll be good enough to win a championship. Granted, I. If the Nets do that, they're insane. But. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I don't like I didn't like the Lakers <laughs> summer. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I love the I, and they yeah. started off the Christie trading up into the draft, getting oh, Christie, yeah. you know, good move. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the the rest of the stuff. And I I, I mean I, it wasn't a good allocation of their money, in yeah. my opinion. I agree. I agree. I will say that I think Damian Lee ended up on the Suns, okay. which I don't hate for the Suns, I guess. But I mean, Damian, Damian Lee also is not going to move the needle that much. So yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, I kind of like, I, I know some people thought the Simons extension was mm. a little pricey. I kind of think it was pretty Smart. good value. Yeah. I, I mean, a hundred million sounds really expensive, but again, when you're looking at percentage of the cap, like, if Simons keeps ascending, like not he's gonna be on a value deal. Yeah. yeah. Like this is almost it, it feels a little bit similar. And I, I don't know if Simons is gonna get to this level, but it feels similar to when the Kings signed Levine to the deal that the Bulls matched. And like Levine's been on a value deal, but Levine was coming off the ACL injury. Yeah, he didn't have like a, a super efficient year with the Bulls when he came back, so you were kind of getting this bargain uh, contract for him, which many people thought was a gamble at the time. But you're getting him in his best years, like as he's 
on the upward trajectory and the bulls just signed him to, you know, a $213 million extension. Right. I feel like Anthony, Anthony Simons is on that same trajectory where like he got really good. He was really good last year. Like that kid, he's shifty. He can create his own shot. He's a really good shooter, super athletic. You know, I, I don't know if he's going to win you games right now, Right. Maybe with a healthy Dame, maybe, you know, he another year, another summer of improvement. But I don't know. I really, really liked that contract. And I feel yeah. like I'm on an island there. No, no, I I, I definitely agree with you. And we, they're going to get they're going to have him for his best years age wise, too. Um, Simons is still really young. Um, if you he can looks, believe still it. looks really young. I know. And it's just he's been in the league forever, it feels like. And so I, I get it, man. I think it's a good signing. That team overall, like picking up Grant, too, and Shaden Sharp and blah, blah, blah. Like, it's they're going to be something. Nurkic deal was a little pricey. I, I agree. No, I'm so happy you said that because I, I was I was just going to say, like, that. that's a lot for a guy who – I don't. how do you feel about Nurkic? I think Nurkic is fine. but I, I think Nurkic is really good. But yeah. he's another guy who can't stay healthy. Yeah. yeah. And he's a center. Yeah. So like you need to be able to move. You're you're playing, you know, the most impactful defensive position on the floor. You gotta be able Never to move a little bit. And and yeah. I I think that it's pricey. Now, you know, four years, 70 million, you break it down, it's not like end of the world type money. It's it's good contract filler money yeah. in a trade. Yeah. Um but a little pricey. Like, I'd rather have Mitchell Robinson at 460, Same. who also can't stay healthy. But, like, you know, he got less money than, than Nurkic. So, yeah. or you sign Hark- Hartenstein, who, you know, for a lot lower of a price tag. Yeah. I didn't love it, but I, I do like a lot of the other moves that the Blazers have made. Yeah. 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 But overall, I think so much has happened, and the wild thing, though, is, Corey, it feels like so much is yet to come. So we're going to have a lot to talk about. We are. We are. Uh, We'll close it off. I mean, not much to say. Morant extension, Zion extension, Jokic extension, Peel extension, Garland extension, Levine extension. I love that for you guys. Yeah, me too. And he, he, it was a little scary because, you know, it was one yeah. of those things where it was like everyone was like opening a free agency. Levine is going to agree. And then it like didn't happen until the next day. <laughs> now, it, I mean, it got to a point where there was no money left yeah. on the table. So I was like, all right, I don't have to panic too much. But I'm like, uh, maybe yeah. maybe you should be a little bit more scared than but it, it worked out in the end. Um, all right. Let's let's transition over to. Uh, to summer league stuff. Outside, um, you know, of of the Knicks, and for me, the Bulls. Who's the team you're most excited to watch in Vegas? Okay, um, damn. Can I give you two teams? Like one? Like, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. You can. Okay. Do whatever you want. <laughs> the world is your oyster. <laughs> the first team is kind of like an obvious answer: is the Pistons. Like, I just okay. can't wait to watch that squad and like beyond like the 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 big names obviously on that team there's a guy that made the detroit summer league uh roster that a a guy that i loved watching live in person who i never thought would you know i i didn't think he's gonna get drafted or or whatever but you i mean rucker was always there with me and i always said it but i always liked jules bernard um from ucla UCLA, i just 
I just like that he's like a six seven guy who's built like he has such a great physique, and I'm just like, you know, he's a lefty. I feel like he's gonna figure out the shooting. I don't know. Like I've always liked him, and I'm yeah, hoping there's something there. It's it's it yeah, could be could be. I'm I'm hoping he figures it out, but I like that he's on that team. I think he's gonna play for them a little bit, and then my kind of under the radar ish team is the hawks and the reason why i like the hawks is because they're sharif cooper's gonna finally get to play some basketball you know they they brought in tyson etienne uh joel ayayi from last year's draft classes on that team obviously they grabbed aj griffin with the 16th pig they have tyrese martin from uconn who Mm -hmm. i liked Uh, i didn't love but i liked him and i think this guy's your guy but james akinjo from baylor's on that team i think you liked him right am i wrong yeah i like him i mean you know i wouldn't classify him as one of my guys but i I, I liked i I liked the uh the guard tandem on on baylor last year right but overall like i i want to see those guys play like i want to see etienne play i want to see ayayu play aj griffin obviously i want him to go out there and excited about watching aj be a planet destroyer and show everybody like hey you doubted my health well watch me dunk on four guys right and then Tyrese Martin is a guy who is really athletic and he actually shot 40 percent from three last season in college so um I'm interested in that team I want to see them play is how I feel I like that one they're a little out of the box I'm really excited to see AJ in a pro setting you know saw him multiple times this year and obviously really impressed I've probably higher on him than most of you know, draft Twitter, definitely most, uh, everybody at no ceilings. Um, I guess my, my obvious one would be, uh, the thunder. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, um, I, I think that Chet, Jalen Williams, Usman Jang, you know, like Trey man, if, if he's still playing by the time, you know, yeah, we get to see him. I just want to see Chet in person. I mean, the number one thing I'm most interested in seeing is hoping that I get to see Chet play in person. You saw, you got the opportunity to see him earlier in the year. I've never seen him play in person. So that's like the number one thing I want to see. And they're just a fun team with a lot of, I mean, a lot of these guys are just, it's just their NBA team. Yeah. <laughs> it's just their regular season roster, yeah. you know, without SGA, who's like off on team Canada world qualifiers, like destroying teams and like literally hitting shots and laughing at them in the uh, FIBA tournament right now. Um, and then my, my less obvious team is the Grizzlies. Oh yeah, uh, I was watching them a little bit today, today against uh, Philly. And it's just a, a lot of really fun guys. It's literally like they're the team in the summer league. That is just the, the 40 year old, old guys who just have been playing together for, you know, 20 years and come to your your men's league and you're like 15 years younger than these guys and you're like why are we down 12 to this team of old men who are just not that good but they just make the right plays knock down open shots they know when to cut they know when to pass they have that chemistry they just play like the old guys at at the the pickup run at the men's league really like that and then you have you know subplots there you know like zyre williams was handling the ball a lot they were giving him the opportunity to be like, all right, so you could play. We could see you developing in that Mikael Bridges role, but we spent a lottery pick on you. We traded up to get you. Let's see if you could develop that part of your game that people thought that you had, you know, coming into college with the shot creation. They gave, they were giving him that opportunity. He was playing a little bit of point guard, Um, you know, Kennedy Chandler, who the, they, they signed to a four-year deal today. Yeah. Which uh, was pretty cool. Cruel to see. 
And then Jake LaRavia, you know, Good he was boy. looking, he's literally, he looks like Mike Miller in that uniform. Yeah. He, he was wearing like the the Mike Miller wristband. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it was like wrist tape. I don't know. Um, really interested to see LaRavia, Roddy, like just guys who know how to play the game the right way. And mm-hmm. it's just, they're, I don't know. They're just a joy to watch from, from a basketball. They're not going to like, probably wow you with like crazy athleticism and stuff but like as a basketball purist you're just like oh man these guys they know how to rotate they know how to move the ball like they play the game the way it it was drawn up it was supposed to be played so i think i'm pretty pretty intrigued by them too Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. really quickly um the grizzlies one uh there was a play today roddy had the ball like he was like in the paint and then he threw like a no look shovel pass to tillman um tillman missed a layup but it was nasty and i was like (laughs) I was like, damn. All right. Like, I, I've always been kind of lower on Rowdy, but, like, that pass, I was like, oh, like, that was pretty saucy there. Um, if I can, re- really quickly, Corey, one more team that I wanted to throw in there as, like, kind of like a, oh, you, you, you'd be surprised by how many guys they have. The Sixers, they have Julian Champagny, Isaiah Jones, Trevlin Queen, who was mm. unbelievable in the G League, uh, Jaden Springer. They have Charles Bassey on this team, Grant Riller, Cassius Winston, Tyler mm. Bay, um, oh, I'm, and it's not over yet. Miles Powell, Aminu Muhammad, Michael Foster Jr., Paul Reed, and Philip Pitrusev on this team. So I was like, God damn. It's a lot of mouths to feed. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> um, that's a lot of mouths to feed. Yeah, that's a roster and a half, dude. Well, you that's know how I feel about Cassius Winston. Yeah. Big Cassius Winston guy. Same. I still have I hope. He's guy. he's just so much smaller on an NBA court that I thought he was going to look <laughs> right yeah dude he's really small what the hell like he literally looks like earl boykins out there and i'm like i kind of thought you were taller his physique makes like in college his physique made him look six seven but not at all in the nba so oh well who do you think is gonna come out of this summer league like that's the guy like wow like that dude looks like he's ready to make a jump. Um, who's getting shut down early? Damn. I don't know. That's a really good question. I wasn't even thinking in those terms. I was just, I thought you were going to ask me like, who's the rookie that you think is going to be like a freak. And I was ready to talk about Mark Williams. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. That's a really, who do you have? Maybe look, I, I might need some time. I mean, I was hoping you had a good answer for it. I'm, <laughs> I'm hoping, I'm kind of hoping Primo does. Okay. But um, on a much like more on the nose answer, I think it's either going to be one of the Warriors guys. Oh yeah, damn it, I was going to say that. Or yeah. like Mobley's probably going to play a game and then like because I think he's playing. Mm-hmm. Um, unless I read that wrong somewhere, and like he'll pl- probably play one game and be done. Is our dream Davion Mitchell? Davion could be a guy. Mm-hmm. Like he just puts up like 45 in game one and the Kings are like, yeah, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> you're good, bud. Um, God, are the Kings at Vegas? Why do I not see not? them on the schedule? Well, that's a good point. Are oh, they, they, are. they are. They are. They are. They are. Okay. Okay. Cause I, I'm scared. You know, Davion, you know how, I mean, this is a Davion podcast last year. Yeah. I think it, it turned into a Davion Mitchell podcast and uh, <laughs> Davion could be a good answer. Cause he killed it 
Yeah. At the end of the year. Yeah. Like he was putting up like Stefan Marbury numbers, like the last like 10 games of the season. <laughs> um, so it's going to be, it's going to be fun seeing him in person. He, he might be the guy. Um, do you think any of the like top five guys are going to like, who's going to struggle and people are going to overreact to their struggles. Like in the oh. top five. Cause that happens He's, every year. Like Derek Rose was terrible in summer league, his rookie yeah. year. I think Boncaro might actually struggle and people are going to freak out. Cause he's in, he was the number one pick in the draft. Mm. Um, I, I'm hoping he plays really, really well, but I think there's a world where like his shot just doesn't fall. And then like, maybe he like tweaks an ankle or something. And then people are just like, Oh, first pick in the draft. They didn't bring him in for uh, workouts and look what he does in summer league. And you can already hear Skip Bayless and people freaking out on TV. I could see that happening. Of course, Corey, I think all of us in the back of our minds, we are worried that Chet uh, may struggle and then everyone will bring back the skinny stuff, which will Mm. be so freaking annoying, would be whack. Um, I think Jabari Smith may actually just destroy people in summer league. Like, I actually Mm. think there's a world where he goes absolutely nuts and people overreact to that in a positive sense. I don't know. But I think there's a world for all top three guys where things can go, things can get a little wonky here. I, would, I think Jaden Ivey is the guy who might struggle. Oh, yeah. I don't know what it is. Like, you know, because I, I feel like Paolo is still going to be able to impact the game around mm-hmm. the basket, offensive rebounds. You know, like even if he's not knocking down three point shots, he's probably going to bully his way into like, 15 points if he plays enough minutes true ivy could be the guy who just like is going too fast like is has having trouble adjusting to the speed where everybody's like a little bit faster than they were in college so his Mm -hmm. speed which is still like way faster than everybody else but it's his rhythms thrown off a little bit because everybody's a, a little bit more athletic than he's used to his shot isn't falling you know he misses a few early now he's in his head yeah Ivy could be the guy where you're just like, man, not the guy everybody thought was a top three pick. And then, you know, obviously next year he's playing with Cade. He's playing real NBA offense. He, you know, might look better coming in as a rookie than he does in summer league. But I know I feel like Ivy might be my guy who I I think might struggle a little bit more than people think. Mm. And really quickly, I think Matherin might really struggle with his shot. Mm. Well, you've always been a, you've always been a, if Matherin, if Matherin is awesome. (laughs) <laughs> we're gonna have to do an entire episode of you just apologizing to him i like matherin i like i think him. we need to like when we get a uh we hire a social guy for no ceilings yeah we're just gonna have to have them go through all of the episodes from the season two draft cycle and just <laughs> clip together all of the times that you're like i don't know about matherin <laughs> <laughs> You're probably right, Corey. I probably said it way more than I realize. Yeah. Uh, what do you want to see from the Summer League Knicks? Ooh, what do I want to see from the Summer League Knicks? Okay, I'm hoping for a lot of um, Quentin Grimes, just like heat check moments. I want a lot of it. Um, I want MJ Walker to play a lot because he's a guy that I really loved on the Knicks uh, Summer League roster last year. Some of our listeners probably like, who the hell or what the hell is an MJ Walker? <laughs> but he's a guy I really liked in Summer League last year and I wanted him to get a shot. Um, obviously, Trevor Keels, I want to see what's up. Um, a guy that I like, but 
I want to see him play, obviously, in a more NBA context, see how he holds up. I think I think, I think, think he's going to be a good enough shooter. So I'm excited for that. Obviously, Jan Montero, excited for that. Jericho Sims has been working out in Dallas uh, with Julius Randle and Farron Hunt, who, Farron Hunt, I'm just, what's the connection here? Why does he continue to be on this team? Same thing goes for Amir Sims. I'm like, why, why are these guys always on the Knicks somehow? I'm kind of tired of them. Amir Sims can please just go away. Um, there's nothing that Amir Sims does on the NBA on an NBA court where I'd be like, yeah, NBA player. I'm good. Like we've seen enough. I think he should go play internationally is how I feel. But my biggest thing is I want to see Grimes and McBride and Keels like just kind of pop off and have fun. Like that's my biggest thing. Like that sounds so corny, but I would like to just see them like be loose and free and just do all kinds of stuff. Like I'd love to see McBride played so well in the summer league last year. Would love to see more of that. Him just like really attacking people defensively and offensively. So I think that's my biggest uh, ask is for those guys to have fun and Montero to get some run as well. I The Knicks are actually a sneaky, like I'm excited to see them team. Yeah. Because I was higher on Montero than a lot of people ended up. I mean, I still yeah. had him at like back end of my first round yeah. or maybe even in, might even have been like the 30th guy on my board. I don't remember off the top of my head, mm-hmm. but I, I, he's still a guy I'm interested in. I want to see McBride um, make strides as a shot maker. Right. Really interested to see what kills we're getting because I've watched him have the most impressive prospect game that I saw live and also one of the least impressive prospect games I saw live um, at the beginning and end of the season. I'm a huge Quentin Grimes guy. I think he should be the Knicks starting too. Um, Unless the Knicks are going with the the RJ Cam Reddish 2-3 lineup. Like I want... I think Grimes is a, a more important part of the Knicks rotation than quickly ultimately is. And I like quickly. Uh, wow. So they got a lot of guys. I'm, I'm pretty interested in, in, in watching as far as guard play goes. Um, very underwhelmed by the bulls summer league roster. Mm. IO's mm. not playing, which little uh, bummed about excited to watch Dalen. Yes. Uh, really excited to see Justin Lewis. Uh, Freeman Liberty is a guy who I think could be fun in the summer league, but a little underwhelmed by the Bulls, to be completely honest. Just excited to see, you know, Dalen and and Justin Lewis mainly. Are you not excited about old man Sindarius Thornwell getting another shot? (laughs) He he is there. (laughs) I know. I noticed that. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, You need vets, man. You need yeah. you need vets. Clippers Clippers legend Darius Thornwell. Um, oh. a lot of Bulls fans really are in on Marco Saminovich. <laughs> um, <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> uh, he he apparently came in as a rookie at two fifteen. He's two forty now apparently, so he's putting in work. Let's I don't go. know. It's it's weird because like the Bulls had Laurie Markkinen, who by the end of it, the Bulls fans were like, "Get Laurie Markkinen off the team!" Like, yeah, and. Marco Saminovich is like just a worse version of Laurie Markin in every way. And Bulls fans are like, Saminovich hive, like this dude is gonna be awesome. He's gonna be he's gonna be in the rotation. I'm like, no, he's probably not. I hope he's if he is, God help us all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something really wrong happened. Um yeah. but hey, Corey, Justin Lewis, I'm excited. I'm really, really excited for you to watch Justin Lewis and Dale and Terry kind of, I, they may just end up leading that team. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And Cinderius Thorne will come off the bench and give them high fives. So 
Also, you have McCur McCur on your team, which is I know. Yeah. Something. I, <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> it, it I mean, look. Hopefully it's fun. Hopefully it's fun. All right. Uh I'm really excited for Vegas in a couple of days with the No Ceilings crew. Um yeah. If you're going to be out at Vegas at Summer League, make sure you come, stop by, say what's up to us. Don't be strangers. Um, it'd be awesome to to meet everybody in person. And um, looked at the temperature. It's going to be very hot. It's going to be like 110 degrees next week. It's going to be it's going to be a scorcher, as they say. But I'm we'll not be in, ready. We'll be inside in the air conditioned no. arena. Hopefully, <laughs> guys, if you see um, some dude running and jumping and doing a chest bump in the air with Davion Mitchell, that'll be Corey. So go go say hi. We could we can only hope we can only hope. All right. Albert, tell the people where they can find you on the Internet. You can find me at Alberto with an E um, Gim. On Twitter is where you can find me. Please come find me on Twitter, Corey. You, you know, I just I realized something the other day, and I and I want to give a shout out to all of our listeners because when our when the draft cycle started, I was at like hundred thirty followers on Twitter. Really? Interesting. And I'm at over seven hundred now. Let's so go. a lot has changed, and I know I'm not talking about like seven thousand or whatever, but I'm very thankful for everyone who decided to come and follow me on Twitter to go from like 130, 150 to 700 is an accomplishment accomplishment for one draft cycle. And I'm very proud. Um, I'm very thankful for everyone who decided to ride with me is where you can find me. Um, Yeah. And you know, you're going to hit one K soon. You'll be, then you'll hit two K and you know, straight up till morning from there. Um, You can find me at Corey Tulliba, follow no ceilings NBA on Twitter as well. Uh, you can follow the YouTube channel, the NBA Draft Dude, as well as No Ceilings TV. And as always, make sure you subscribe to NoCeilingsNBA.com. It's free. You'll get work delivered uh, to your inbox. It's the off season, so you know a few days throughout the week at least. But uh, once the season starts back up, Monday through Friday, every morning. Again, it's free. Um, and as always, make sure you're subscribed to the Draft Act NBA Draft Podcast. Rate, review, share, all that fun stuff. Uh, we will be back in person at Summer League the next time you hear us. Until then, we are out. Peace. Peace.